0: Welcome to the Creative Uncommon Podcast, amazing tales of art and history. I'm your host, Mr. Pons. I'm an artist, educator, and citizen diplomat. This is my very first podcast. This podcast is meant to celebrate creativity, and I can think of no one more creative than the famous Korean general and admiral Yi Sun-shin. The year is 1364, and the Mongols have been driven from the Korean Peninsula. The Joseon dynasty is born, and with it, A new era of peace and prosperity for the Koreans. It was a glorious time. Peace would reign for hundreds of years over the Korean peninsula, the Korean culture blossomed, and King Sejong would give the Korean people a gift of their own written language. Meanwhile, in Japan, Odo Nobunaga, the Demon King, unified the island, and his successor, Toyotomi Hideyoshi, would rule over a samurai class that didn't have an enemy. Now, what do you do when you got all these samurai itching for war, the only way they know how to measure their worth in life? What do you do with all these guys? Well, if you're Hideyoshi, you go to war. On May 25th, 1592, Hideyoshi's samurai, hungry for war, invaded Korea and spread out across the countryside, bringing death and destruction everywhere they went. The Korean people fought valiantly, but 200 years of peace made them no match for the battle-hardened samurai. Now, the samurai weren't only superior hand-to-hand fighters. They had a secret weapon in Portuguese rifles, which even in the hands of a peasant had become a lethal weapon. The Korean people's creativity was on display as the first bulletproof vest was developed, as well as many other weapon systems, in an attempt to fight off the samurai horde. But ultimately, the samurai proved too powerful, and the Imjin Wars lasted seven long years, from 1592 to 1598. To say the fighting was brutal was an understatement. Noses and ears were trophies of the day for the samurai who would bring them back to Japan to present to their master as evidence of their kills. Now the Japanese navy provided a steady stream of additional troops, goods, supplies, and weapons into Korea and a steady stream of riches, slaves, and women back to Japan. The Koreans fought hard against these invading warships, but they were no match. The Japanese ships were meant for crossing deep water and they sat high, high up in the water. The short, stocky Korean vessels left their sailors exposed to boarding. Once they boarded, the samurai made quick work of the Korean sailors, whose hand-to-hand combat skills were no match for the samurai. With the Korean navy decimated, only 13 ships remaining, the Korean people were in dire need of a hero, and Yi Sun-shin would be that hero. Yi Sun-shin was one of many brothers born to an upper-middle-class family of declining wealth. He ended up in the military because his father could not afford to prepare he and his brothers for the civil service examinations. During his military test, His spirit impressed everyone when he was thrown from a horse and broke his leg. He limped over to a willow tree, ripped off a branch, splinted his own leg, and completed the test. Stationed in the far north, protecting Korea against the Jurchen nomadic horsemen, his natural leadership ability became noticed and he quickly rose in the ranks. The Japanese invasion caused him to race to the south where he took command of the remaining 13 ships. Now Yi Sun-shin was not a sailor, but now as an admiral, he went about coming up with a plan beat the Japanese and save the remaining ships under his command. After assessing the problem, he came up with creative solutions to protect his men. Metal roofs were constructed with spikes to pierce any samurai that might leap aboard, and the geobukseon or turtle ships, were born. These 13 Korean ships were built for the Korean coastline, which was very rocky, as opposed to the V-shaped hulls of the Japanese vessels that had to come across deep water. These ships were built short and stocky and were tough as nails and made to take a hit against the rocks of the Korean coast. The ships were retrofitted with dragons' heads that could shoot cannonballs and spew out smoke for concealment or intimidation. The ships were maneuverable and could turn on a dime, and he outfitted the ships with 13 cannons which could be shot simultaneously and in all directions. When the ships were ready, it was time to put his creative plan into action. Now Yi Sun-shin knew his limitations. He recruited the help of local fishermen who told him about the currents of the various channels on Korea's coast. Once Yi Sun-shin had the information he needed, it was time for action. Now Yi knew the Japanese outnumbered the Koreans, 333 ships to 13. And he also knew that the Japanese commanders would want the 13 Korean ships destroyed once and for all. Now Yi used his ships as bait, and sure enough, the Japanese commanders committed their entire fleet to the Korean ships' destruction. As the Korean ships fled, the Japanese fleet, hot on their tail, pursued them down the channel of Yi's choosing. The chase took them deeper into the ever-narrowing channel. When the time was right, ye ships turned to face the oncoming Japanese fleet, which was barreling down upon them, pushed along by the swift current. They formed a semicircle in what is known as the Crane Wing Formation and prepared to engage the Japanese ships. As the Japanese fleet raced along the fast-moving waters of the channel, the people of Korea tightened a massive chain hidden underneath the water. All of a sudden, the lead ship with its V-shaped hull that sat deeply in the water crashed into that massive chain, causing all of the rest of the ships to crash into each other, causing an amazingly huge pileup. The Japanese didn't know what hit them, and that's when Yi Sun-Shin and his turtle boats struck. The flat-bottomed turtle boats maneuvered easily over the top of the chain, and then they went to work, spinning and firing in all directions, destroying the trapped Japanese fleet. It was a glorious day in Korean history. Yi's creative plan worked like a charm. They didn't lose a single man, that is, except for Yi Sun-shin himself. You see, at some point during the battle, a stray shot from one of the Japanese found its way to Yi. Yi Sun-shin was mortally wounded. Before the battle's end, Yi calls his oldest son to his side. Put on my armor, he said. Don't tell the men I'm dead. Finish the battle. And that's exactly what he did. The Koreans were victorious, and Yi Sun-shin was the only casualty. If you visit Seoul, Korea today... In the center of the city, you'll see this tall pedestal with a beautiful sculpture up top. Yi Sun-shin is standing there, looking down over the city, forever protecting it with his turtle boat before him. This stands not just as a monument to a Korean hero, but as a monument to creativity itself, creativity that would save a nation. Well, I hope you enjoyed this, my very first podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe and tell your friends. I had a good time making it, so you can bet there'll be plenty more stories about creativity where this came from. Thank you for listening to the Creative Uncommon podcast, creativeuncommon.org.